Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to talk about episodic campaigns? Yeah, in this session and a bit for all the rest of the sessions this season. <laughs> See what you did there. And welcome to Season 3 of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for tonight's topic, David asked us by email, I have a dilemma. I generally run long-form campaigns with my group. I run a game bi-weekly. Another GM runs on the opposite week. The last few years have been a bit difficult because we are all 40 plus, so the demands on our time are heavy. So we play from around 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Thursday nights. So basically a three-hour playtime window. Added to the short window, we have many evenings where a player can't make it. If it's more than one, we usually cancel or play board games. Usually we cancel, which kind of sucks. We're generally a Fate slash Dresden Files system group with five to six regular players. My solution is to run an episodic game that I can run as one-shot sessions. I'm trying this out so that I can still run the game even with a missing player or two. My idea is that no session finishes as a to-be-continued, because I might not have the same players to continue part two of the session. So, the question is, what advice would the two of you give to a GM who wants to run a bunch of one-shots that, when combined, are actually a campaign? As well as any advice on the three-hour playtime would be great. Well, I mean, I can't think of a better podcast to send this question to, right? Right? That's like us. Running a bunch of one-shots as a campaign? Oh, man. That is literally our brand. (laughs) Let's take a minute to unpack a few things that are going to frame out our talk for tonight. So David, like many adulting gamers, is running shorter and less frequent games. So three-hour evening games bi-weekly. I actually do the same thing. Me too! (laughs) So also there's some issues on getting the full group together for any given session. And the solution when someone is missing thus far has been to not roleplay, but to switch to board games. And that is kind of rough on getting a good sustainable campaign going, especially if it's happening frequently and you're only playing biweekly to begin with. Yeah, so David's actually come up with a good solution for this problem, which is run a series of episodes that'll form into a campaign. Uh, And this way he plays with whomever shows up that night But at the end of the night, that they're done, right? Like that session's done. And then the next session, you just start all over. Whoever's there, that's who you run with. Mm -hmm. And so what David wants to do is to take these one shots and turn them into some sort of campaign. And that's actually where we need to define a few things, because David is talking about an episodic campaign. So Lord Panda, what, pray tell, is an episodic campaign? Well, thank you, Lady Panda. Um, well, it's so episodic campaigns, pretty much how it sounds, right? It's a series of episodes that when we put them together, form a, a campaign. Right. So that means that in each session, we're actually playing a one shot. We're playing with just the people who are there. And then that session tells a story or completes some kind of goal that is self-contained. And the story itself has a beginning, a middle and an end as a session. Yep. But it also means that the combination of all these sessions form into a campaign, and that there are reoccurring NPCs and locations that persist from session to session, and that there's an arc, a story arc, that's woven through the individual sessions that advances with each session or two. 
and also has a beginning, a middle, middle, and end. Yeah. And so in order to pull this off, you actually have to use both the skills of running a one-shot and of running a campaign. And you're going to have to run efficient one-shots in order to play something with each session. And you're going to have to plan out a campaign that will progress incrementally with each of these passing sessions. And when we talk about a game that utilizes both one-shots and campaigns, we need to spring into action. Do-do-do. I will focus on how to get the one-shots to run in each session. And I'll talk about how to build that campaign arc and weave it through. Right. So the core of this campaign is actually going to be about running one-shots because each of these sessions are one-shots, right? As we said. And the thing about these one-shots is they actually have some very specific constraints. They're three hours long. They're going to play, be played with whomever is present that evening. And they have to be totally done by the end of the evening. Yeah. So with those constraints, there's some things that you need to be thinking about. So we're going to look at each of them individually. The first one is three-hour sessions, right? So for a three-hour session, you're going to have to have really good time management because it's, that's not a very long session, right? Firstly, because when you say you have three hours, you don't actually have three hours of playtime. You really have more like two and a half hours of playtime, right? Because you have to set up you got to get started, you got to clean up, and inevitably, as everybody shows up, there's going to be chatter and talking and all of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and so for a three-hour game, your plot needs to be, like, really focused, right? Like, laser-focused. Uh, so keep with simple plots, right? Simple objectives. Capture X, recon Y, etc. Um, and if you're going to do side plots at all, only do, like, one or two. Right. Like, don't try to put like a B plot in for everybody in the session. Right. In a, in a two and a half hour session, you go with the A plot and maybe somebody gets a B plot. Right. So and this is stuff we've we've talked about in other episodes, too. Right. So you can do things like utilize your aggressive scene framing and smash cutting so that you're not wasting time on parts of the narrative that are not the interesting parts. Right. So like anything that's not actually moving you towards the goal of this particular one shot just smash cut away from it because you don't need it. So you got to get to the action as soon as possible and then get out of the scene once you've met the objective. Having said that, you know, if people are having fun role playing, it's one of those I mean, things you a balance. Place for, yeah. There's a place for letting a scene breathe and there's a place for, yep. for cutting scenes. So as an example for a fr- aggressive screen framing. So for instance, let's say that um, our campaign is a... Um, space police kind of space police kind of thing, which is actually what I think I believe in talking to David. David's running a campaign based on a a 1980s cartoon called the Galaxy Rangers. Don't worry, there's no chance you've seen it. Uh -uh. Um, (laughs) The Galaxy Rangers were a TV show Mm -hmm. and the cartoon in the 1980s that was Mm -hmm. played on after school. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of that was kind of Firefly before Firefly. It was um, it had a Western like theme, uh, but over like space and the galaxy rangers were like the texas rangers so okay anyway okay. um so let's go with that let's let's go with this let's go with this like space like space cowboy space cop kind of thing so let's say that our um let's say that our uh galaxy rangers need to um talk to a witness on a space station now in a long form campaign where i have a lot of time on my hands i could talk about us docking and then like coming into the station and you know, walking through the crowds of people ultimately to find this guy 
and then have an initial conversation, you know, and then kind of like get to the clue, right? Because ultimately that's the purpose of talking to somebody is to get to the clue in one of these kind of police procedurals. Now, with aggressive screen framing, I'm going to say something like um, you're running through the space station uh, when, you know, when you grab when you grab the suspect and throw him to the ground um, and then you pick him up, you push him up against the wall. What do you say to him? Right. Yeah. So you're you're like, pushing like him just, right into action happening. Yeah, we just we got rid of all the stuff about docking and and walking through the space station. And even we got through the ancillary action, right? We just like we we just drop in the cut right on the important part of that scene. And as soon as we get that information, um we we start working our way back out of the scene. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, what's what's our next thing that um what's the next thing that David's gotta uh, be aware of? Right. So then he also specified he's gotta play with whoever is present, right? And that this is a thing that actually happens in my game group too. Like we don't always make it all the time. And it's been interesting how we work around that, right? Um so the sessions that you create can't be dependent on any specific person showing up. Like they can't require a specific PC to be the person who does a thing, right? Absolutely. So you can't hinge your solutions for problems in the game on a specific character. Yeah. So if a problem has a solution, either more than one character has to be able to do it or the solution itself is baked somewhere into the session. Like the key is hidden in this room, right? (laughs) Like they have to be able to solve it. Right. So for instance, in our in our in our in our Galaxy Rangers game, mm-hmm. uh, we can't have one player who knows how to pilot the ship. Right. Yes, that would be problematic. Right, because <laughs> right, because if that player doesn't make it to the game, who's piloting the yeah. ship? Now we could write it off and NPC it, but if we want to do cool things like with the ship, mm-hmm. um, you know, like maybe we're chasing people through a canyon or trying to escape a, you know, a uh asteroid before it collapses or whatever. Like we need like our solution can't be dependent on that one character. So we have to have multiple characters who can pilot things. Right. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So then the last specification is that you have to be totally done by the end of the evening. Right. So you've got the three hour rule and your game needs to actually be complete and have an ending by the end of that three hour session. Yeah. So it's convenient to consider having some sort of base or ship, something that um, the troop of characters can return to at the end of each session and where a new batch of characters can be assembled from in the, in the next session. Yeah. So that, yeah, it just means that you never have to be like, Oh, where's so-and-so Well, they're back on the ship this time. Right. Or even more inconvenient. We're six levels into the dungeon. Right. How did they but, get here? And this other exactly. person disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, if you don't go that route, then you do have to think about how you want to address where the characters go if their players are not present. Like, d- are they there, but they just kind of fade into the background? Or do they wander off? You know, I've had... Does ins- somebody else play them? Right. Does somebody else play them? Sort of. Like, I've had weird instances of, Do like, they become you know, GMPCs? Like, getting slurped into a bottle like a genie or something, and then getting slurped back out, <sighs> like, later. I mean, it it's... They're kind of awkward solutions, right? 
Yeah, they're, they're, you definitely want to have something in mind. And so again, like with our Galaxy Rangers, it's probably good that we have some sort of base of operations. It's probably even better if we have some sort of ship that maybe all of the Rangers are on, like a big like a, like a big cruiser, and then the Rangers have like smaller ships that they can take. And then this way, you know, the Rangers go out on a, you know, on a mission and then the Rangers come back and the next week, you know, they, you know, the, the chief grabs a few different people and sends them on a mission, that kind of thing. Yes. And now that we have the details of how the one shot part should go, Phil, how do we weave a campaign into this structure? Yeah. So for a campaign, we're going to need to focus on a few things. Right. So we're going to need to we need to focus on continuity because that's a very important part of having campaigns. We need to look at meta plot because that's actually going to be the arc that is going to tell some sort of um, longer story throughout episodes. Uh, And we're going to have to talk about communication and archiving because based on the constraints that we have, information transfer is going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. So because of the episodic nature of the campaign, We actually have to treat these three things with a bit more intention than we would in kind of like a normal serial campaign. Um, And we'll just step through each of these. So we'll start with continuity. And uh, for continuity, like we really have to have two things, right? Yeah, you have to have reference points and you have to be able to kind of conceptualize how the passage of time works in your timeline as you play these one shots, right? Yeah, so for reference points, we're talking about things that are affected by the ongoing events around them, right? So they're things like places, NPCs, factions, those kinds of things, right? They're going to be things that are persistent in the play space, right, of, of the campaign. And uh, for this game, our challenge is going to be that we don't know who's showing up each week. Uh-huh. Which means that some of the players may not know some of the NPCs and they won't because they don't know them. They don't have the initial sort of, um, oh, what's it called? The the when you do an experiment and one of them is the normal one and the control. Yeah, you don't have the control memory of what that NPC was like. So they don't know if that person has been affected or not. Right. Right. So for the game, we're going to need to have a broad range of NPCs who have uh, interactions with the characters. Yeah. So you might want to give each PC like their own NPC or location, which can show up in a session when they are present specifically. Um, Like uh, family members or childhood friends are really good. So if you have your Galaxy Rangers, um, you know, maybe maybe one of their moms shows up in a scene or something (laughs) because that delights me in a hilarious way. And and that would be a person that then every time that they would see that person because they have a specific relationship with them, they would notice changes or things like that. Um, and then later you can start crossing those those people or those locations over between characters because they may form, you know, more relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to meta plot, there's going to be the need for a plot, an arc that's going to stretch over all of these episodes and make a campaign. Yeah, so for details on making arcs, we are going to recommend the Misdirected Mark episode 241, which is the arc of the Misdirected. So it's the arc. It is the arc almighty podcast of the Misdirected Mark network. Uh, Yeah, and it's a pretty extensive episode on construction of arcs, pacing of arcs, um, weaving of arcs, different arcs together and things like that. It's uh, well worth a listen. 
And it's way more about arc uh, structure than we could cover in this entire podcast. So with that, your arc is going to, um, it's going to have a beginning, a middle and an end, like any, any kind of story. And it's going to need to advance every session or every few sessions. And I say um, either every session or every few, depending on how long you're trying to run the campaign for. So if you're trying to run this campaign for a short amount of time, a couple months, six months, something like that, then maybe like every episode that you play, uh, you're advancing the plot forward. But if you're trying to run this longer or more open-ended, like, you know, oh, we're just going to play it till someday we're bored, then, you know, you don't have to do it every session. But what you're going to do is you're going to have some part of your two and a half hour session that adds a piece to the greater campaign. And this can be done as the focus of the episode, or this can be done as the B plot to the episode. So for instance, if you were going to do this as, if you're going to do this as the whole session, uh, maybe the capturing of uh, this particular criminal is going to unlock the step, like is going to unlock a clue to move the meta plot forward. And as a B plot, maybe like you go out on a mission to stop a robbery. And when you come back, there's a scene or two with the chief and the chief provides some information and that information moves the uh, meta plot forward. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like two different ways you can do it. You can have it centered or you can just have it as like a little side bit. And if you really think about TV shows, TV shows like X-Files, Buffy, there are tons of other ones. Um, you can see this different structure where a whole episode is dedicated to it. And sometimes just a, a like little part at the beginning or end is yeah. dedicated to advancing the meta plot. Yeah. Um, and then when you are ready to conclude your arc, uh, most arcs conclude with kind of a set piece. Like there's usually a big dramatic ending um, that kind of brings about the conclusion of the arc. Um, those are usually like a special episode. You know, sometimes it's a two-parter. Uh, sometimes it's just, you know, where in TV you would spend more of your budget, that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is the point at which you may want to try and make sure, um, like, let people know, like, this one's going to be important. Can you all try to be here? Or, oh, gosh, you can't make it this one. Okay, we're going to, like, do another filler until we get to this big one at the end, because, like, I really want you to all be here for this one. Yeah, this so for the logistics of scheduling this one, knowing that you have uh, problems, if you have really chronic problems, like there's no way you're ever going to get all five or six people together, don't then don't even try for this. Yeah. Like, just have the conclusion of the arc be um, important and let people know if they can make it, they can make it. And if not, you just roll on with it. If it's the case where. Um, you actually do get most of the time the five or six people together, uh, then you just might want to stake a claim in the ground and be like, hey, two sessions from now on such and such date, I think we're going to be heading into like a really big, yeah. like a really big adventure. Do you think everybody could commit? Yeah. Like the more time you give, the better your chances are to get everyone to commit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is the thing. All right. The last one uh, is about communication and archiving of information. Uh, And for the sake of the continuity of your meta plot, you're going to need to come up with something deliberate for capturing and disseminating your campaign information. 
this the source is going to need to be centralized uh, so that all the players can reference it, whether they have gone to the session that week or even more importantly, if they haven't gone to the session that week. Yes. Um, and, and so here are some, here are some platform ideas of, of ways you can do this. Right. So the, the first kind of idea is like the shared document, right? So that would be like my campaign wiki or putting it all in a Google Doc, having a shared OneNote notebook, right? You can do something that is a little bit less like you check this, which is you can send everybody an email and then it's in their inbox. Or you can do something, and and I kind of like this one with like a Slack or a Discord channel, because you can do things like you can you can summarize things, but you can also kind of have in character chatter happening. Like you might create a space for like in character chatter that you can you know fill people in on what happened on something, but like do it in character, um, and then also have like a secondary channel where it's maybe like scheduling stuff that's not. But that's me. I like that stuff. <laughs> no, actually, I like that a lot, I, and just. Yeah. Thinking back to many years ago when I did a lot more um, outside of game play and a Discord channel, like a Discord server and channel would just be so monstrously cool. In fact, I'm like so tempted to go build one now (laughs) just to um, like just to run my games with, like to coordinate the running of my games and stuff like, oh, yep. All right, I'm gonna not think about that. All right, yeah. so anyway, thoughts for uh, later. Once you have picked, <laughs> yeah, once you have picked a platform, uh-huh. uh huh. Once you picked a platform, you still have to work out a few logistics among your group. Yeah, and the key one is who's going to make the update. So if we're talking about a wiki or a Google Doc or sending an email, something like that. Who is the person who is responsible for sending out that information? And I'm just going to say for the like a lot of times this falls to the GM. Your GM is already doing a lot of work like they just are. So it might be a situation in which, you know, if you can round robin it among the people who were there so that it doesn't fall on any one person. I think that's a really good idea. Just throwing it out there. Just saying. Mm -hmm. Um. You also need to take into consideration, like, what content needs to be accessible. Like, which parts of things are we sharing? And, you know, if you need to share, like, a map that you put down on the table, you may need to make that accessible to the other players who weren't there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you had props or anything that were clues. And then also, um, how and when will it be updated? Which, you know, also falls into who's going to make the updates, right? Are they going to do it the next morning? Are they going to do it later that night? Um, are they going to do it throughout the week? And it's going to depend a little bit on what your format is of how you're doing it. Because if you do it in something like a Slack channel, I'm really excited about this idea, actually, at this point. If you do it in something like a Slack channel, then it can be like ongoing throughout the week. The players who played can be like, oh, man, you guys, we were on that mission that we were talking about and this crazy thing happened. And the other people can be like, oh, man, what happened? I thought you caught that dude or whatever. And like, that can be just sort of an ongoing thing, but if it's going to be like, who's updating the wiki, then it's like, okay, well, it has to be updated by Wednesday so that everybody has time to read it, right? So you need to yeah, figure exactly. out those logistics. Yeah, what you don't want to have happen is somebody's like updating the campaign wiki like a half hour before the game. Right, because that's not cool. <laughs> nobody, yeah, that's not cool. And ain't, ain't nobody got time so. to read up on that. Yeah, so you're going to have to work out some things in your social contract for uh, how to make that work. Uh, But the cool part is that um, this kind of system is not only great for keeping keeping everyone updated, but it's actually a good artifact of the campaign when the campaign's done. 
And when we start talking about artifacts of campaigns, it must be time to end the show. Say, Senda. Uh-huh. Before we get to the closing, tell me about one of the other shows on the Misdirected Mark Network. Well, on the Wednesday evening podcast, All Stars, Brett, Tom, Kevin, Chris, and Emily get together and play games that get edited down into an audio drama for your ears. So you can join this crew of all-star players as they create stories from the games that you love. And right now they are airing Avanti, which is a world that I have played in a bunch with Emily because it's her world, and I love it. So go check that out. Awesome. Say, Senda, where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community, or you can drop us a note, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Please, like David with his email, send us your topics. We want to do shows about the things you want to know about. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of pride ourselves on doing nearly 95% or more of the shows (laughs) uh, based on your input. uh, And we don't want to break that trend. Uh, So please send us topics. Ideally, our favorite format is about one-shots and campaigns. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we are always happy to do... um, Two points of view. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, ever since my gravity induced hiatus, um, <laughs> we will also do uh, AMA style questions. Uh, we dig those as well. Sometimes we'll batch a few of those together and make an episode out of it. Yeah. So you can also send us <laughs> your table selfies. So the next time you are sitting down at a table to play a cool game with those awesome peeps, or especially if you are playing something like an episodic campaign, show us how it was like, show us what it looks like. And take a picture of yourself playing that game with those cool peeps and hashtag it table selfie and plop it on the social media of your choice. And we will swing by and like it, especially on Twitter. (laughs) Indeed, we will. And if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of awesome stuff. Things like uh, the bonus outtakes from this show, uh-huh. hilarious. Uh-huh. Uh, the misdirected Mark after show, sometimes scandalous. Um, <laughs> Frequently also hilarious. You get access to things uh, that we like to make. Rumor is our patrons are going to get the print and play copy of uh, my newest game, Whirlwind Millionaire. Um, Chris and I were just talking about that. And so... Uh, print and play version will go to our patrons and uh, people who want to go get cards can go uh, online and order them. But you get uh, that kind of stuff. You get access to the awesome Slack Room for Life. Mm-hmm. And if you are a patron of a certain level, and I forget what level that is, you get a cool-ass title stolen directly from the Gauntlet community because mm-hmm. they actually give titles to, I think, everyone, but we um, give them out at a certain tier level. But anyway. Uh, we like to shout out to patrons of the show before we wrap up. So tonight, we will shout out to three people, starting with Andy Olson, the Duke of the Dimensional Paradox. It's a good title. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. And Camden Wright. Thank you so much, Camden. See you on Wednesday for our biweekly episodic game. <laughs> and Robert Day. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Thanks, Rob. Say, Senda. If you are supporting the Patreon, or unable to support the Patreon, which is always okay, 
What is a thing you can do that's like a hug for a panda? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Every rating or review that we get there actually really does help people find the show. It pushes us around in the ranks a little bit, so hopefully we show up a little higher in those other games. And more importantly than that, it actually just makes us feel super duper good and like we should keep doing this because it gives us that positive feedback loop. And we love it. And we love all of you. And thank you so much to everybody who's already left reviews. They make me super giddy. Sometimes I just go look at them. We do, we do, we do. We love those things. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking. By the way, um, just in case people don't know, where do people find Apple Podcasts to leave a review? Is that still iTunes? (laughs) still iTunes. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. I mean, if you leave us a review somewhere else, just let us know. As it turns out. We won't see it. I, I don't. I don't want to make anyone feel guilty, but as it turns out, we haven't gotten a review in a little while. Yeah, like it's making me very sad. Just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's been a little while. A no guilt. Sad no guilt. Panda. Oh no! No no! Sad panda. <laughs> it might be time to get out of the show now. <laughs> Say, Senda, show me how you're gonna weave that meta plot into your next episode. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. So it should be like Welcome to the season three outtakes. This season in our outtakes, stumbling over the opening and closing. Inappropriate things Phil says. The ditch lilies. The ditch lilies. Lots of the ditch lilies. Send a giggles. Oh boy. A lot. And the rare case, maybe this season, where we capture an actual Phil giggle. Oh, oh, oh no. There are at least there is at least one occasion in the last year that I have you on record making actual laugh sounds. Yeah, I've, possibly I, two. I kind of remember it. There was something it was something completely ridiculous and I just lost it. Yes. Bloop. And then there was one time that you just laughed like an evil maniac. Yeah, well that laughs different. Like that's not my that's, <laughs> that's not my funny haha laugh. That's my like haha you have fallen into my evil. trap laugh. Like Yes. Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's there's that and laugh. he said that while he was stroking his beard for those well, of that's, you who that's don't how have you, the visual that, that's that's how you do it. Like when you're laughing <laughs> maniacally, like and you're, you know, thinking maniacally, you you stroke the beard, right? <laughs> do you want to do a little bit of ditch lily trivia? We can do a little bit of ditch lily trivia 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 bit. See, already in the outtakes. There's no place that you don't even have to take this out of the show. It stays right here. Ditch lily trivia. I think it should be Dilch Lily Trilvia. <laughs> no, that sounds like uh that that sounds like an artificial sweetener. <laughs>
put some of that trivia into my coffee. <laughs> trivia. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drink some of it right now. Bloop. Yeah, ditch lilies. Yeah, which of the ditch lilies actually has like a little bit of pyromania? Do you remember? Uh, yes. Oh, dear. I think that it's Ashley. The bass player. Sh- yes. Yeah, she's um she's the redhead. Um and yeah, uh-huh. she's uh it's true to form. Yeah, I mean it's not anything like dangerous, like you know, not lighting up buildings and stuff, but um you know, Ashley's known like when, you know, hanging out at campgrounds and things like that, Ashley's known to, you know, make a fire. Like well, you know, there was that time, um, I, and I know she's done it a couple of times, but there was the first time was the one that I always remember, which is um, when they finished the show and they were out on stage and she like, they don't really play off the sheet music, but she like kind of had a sheet music stand over there. And I think it probably just had the set list on it. Right. And she just like grabbed it and like lit it on fire and then like threw it in the air and there was, you know, dust and ash and stuff. Unfortunately, it burned fast enough. It wasn't a really big deal, but um you know, it was a moment. Uh, and everybody was like, <gasps> I mean, it was not only a moment, but they, they got actually kicked out of that gig. Like they weren't allowed to yeah, do Yeah, they the- have not been invited back to that theater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other places where Ashley has gotten into trouble is like state fairs and things like that. She's known like outside of the van to, you know, like to burn the, the name Ditch Lilies into the ground and. Uh, right. I mean, she always she basically always has some sort of fire starting mechanism on her person at all times. Bloop. It's it's not it's out of control, of but and and anytime she um anytime she winds up uh breaking up with someone, you can expect that all your stuff gets burnt. Like there's always a bonfire. Yeah. 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 I think there was some legal action a couple of times from that, but you know, we didn't really hear a lot. No, about lawyers, it. lawyers kind of, lawyers kind of take care of that. I, I mean, I once heard a yeah. her, uh, what's called. I once heard her girlfriend that she broke up with the, um, a, a named, an unnamed pop star had her car, uh, set on fire. Yeah. Bloop. I mean, that's Ashley. Yep. She's um. That's Ashley. You know, she's adorable, she but she hot. is, but she is fiery. Yep. Yeah. Bloop. Well, I have a waveform song, kind of. Oh, oh, oh. We haven't done it. Ca- I know. I came up with it like five minutes ago because I was feeling guilty. Okay. Um. Can I, can I like preface this by saying that I've been doing bad like karaoke songs all weekend to get the next She's a Super Geek out? So like, yeah, that's inevitably leading to this monstrosity that is about to occur. I, I don't I don't think you needed to put a disclaimer on it, but sure. That's fine. You don't think so? No. I think it needed a disclaimer. I think it's fine. All right, anyway. <laughs> uh, allow me to do um the season three opening. Oh yeah. Season three. Uh-huh. Bloop. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2018 Waveform Theater series presents Miss Senda. I'm a panda girl in a podcast world. One shots and campaigns. All of the games you can roll my dice and maybe they'll roll nice. More words that I did not come up with. Come on, panda. Let's go waveform. (laughs) 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 Awesome. See, I feel like that needed a preface. Nailed it. (laughs) I love that stupid song. 
Initially, I was trying to come up with a parody song for um, Spice Girls, and mm. I was grateful to find some an, an alternative. But but you know what's awesome about that song, Barbie Girl? Um, what the Ditch Lilies all acoustic cover of it. Oh yeah, now their cover of it is pretty yep. amazing, but their cover of it is also extremely anti-capitalism uh, because yeah. of the little adjustments that they made. So yeah, it's a it's a know, pretty it's awesome also... it's a pretty awesome remake. <laughs> Tough one to find. Yeah. Tough one to find. Yeah. Well, those Russian wares sites. Exactly. You gotta find yeah. the right one. <laughs> Oof. It's a killer. Bloop. Hey, you want to go do a show? <laughs> yeah, let's do a show. Meow. 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 No, I meowed at you already. Why are you meowing back again? Who meows first? I, I don't. I don't know. Do I meow first? Do you meow first? I don't know. First? I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know how this. I don't know how this goes. Do, do I meow? Do you meow? <laughs> well, see, this time you meowed, and then I meowed, and then you meowed again. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. No, we'll get in trouble. We'll get in trouble. That's like meow. copy. That's like copyright, <laughs> copyright infringement. Oh shh. Okay. All right. Let's you try didn't again. Hear it. You. No, sh- you sh- didn't hear anything. Okay. Let's try again. Meow. Four I know we nailed minutes. it. Bloop. And the Aww. fact that I have such a amazing editor. <laughs> Aww. Laura, you're a very good editor. I actually know what these shows sound like when we record them, and <laughs> I know what they sound like when I listen to them. And there are differences. I can tell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we say um at least 50% less. Bloop. Oh, oh, I need to I need to I need to make an announcement. Okay. If you are playing Marvel Strike Force <laughs> and you reach level 20, you need to join you need to join my alliance. It's called the Rust Belt Avengers. Rust Belt being the Buffalo Erie um uh Cleveland um stretch of Lake Erie, but you need to join my alliance. It's just Chris and I right now. And we don't really have enough people to do raids or anything else. So like, come join, come join our alliance. And if you're not playing Marvel Strike Force, stop whatever stupid app game you're playing and start playing Marvel <laughs> Strike Force. It's so awesome. Bloop. It's I'm just going to check right now. Oh, I got another orb. Like, this hey. game, hey. this game, hey. this, hey. this game we're rewards reco- everything. We're still recording. <laughs> I'm, it's cool. It's cool. I can tap out an orb real quick just while we're, uh-huh. um, I think, while we're sitting I think, here. do we need to have an intervention? No, did we I do just not. A, I'm enjoying. I just heard a. I just heard a. It's cool, man. It's cool. I got control of this. I can just do an orb real quick while we're talking. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not a habit. You could you could stop whenever you wanted. Bloop. Um. That's, yeah. It's a. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's he is smart. literally tapping. He is literally playing this game. I'm like halfway to unlocking Hulk. Like that's pretty exciting shit. Bloop. Yeah. Hey, last week, uh, both of us ran another round of Turning Point. 
oh man, we totally did, and it was awesome continuously. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's it's it still really works. shaping up. Yeah, it still I, I'm does past, the thing we wanted. It I'm to past. Do. I'm past the part of saying it, it works. Like I'm past talking about it in a hey, this thing's highly unstable. It's not going to work. You know what? It's not. No, it, the it's game not. actually it works. works. We're yeah. we're we're now polishing um, very specific parts of the game. Not even wholesale changes at this point we are like refining actually the part we're refining is the scene um this the scene structure right the scene and structure safety. itself and and safety stuff and continuously like unbelievably specifically pedantic linguistics right yeah which is fine i mean i mean sometimes <laughs> people don't realize like how much work goes into naming something um, right. I know we have to name we have to name something in the game and it's driving us crazy because Right, we're like, oh the, the search for words will begin. And that is literally how nitpicky we are um <laughs> at this point. That if we can nail down just a few little things, um, we're gonna get cracking and start actually um writing a manuscript. I I did a I did our outline. Right. And I approved um, our outline. Yeah, so I'm I'm you know, I'm thinking this will be a pretty light game. Like yeah, ninety-six pages. Right. And I think, you know, I was just thinking about this. We're gonna brainstorm right now. I think mm-hmm. one on of the, the things mics, we huh? will do on the uh-huh. mic brainstorming. I think okay. one of the things we will do patron um Patreon wise is that I think we will write a Patreon only dilemma. Ooh. So that if you're a patron of the show before turning point comes out. You uh-huh. will get a dilemma that no one else will get. Right. Yeah. Because you're Ooh, that's that's really good. You should totally do right. Because you're with us. Yeah. Yeah, you're with us as we write this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I think that would be way, fun. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being uh, patrons being of the with show. Us. Yeah. Bloop. Hey, you. We've yeah. uh, we've hit a good amount of time. That yep. was our post game wrap up. Um, yep. Mostly my Strike Force thing. Go Marvel Strike Force. Rust Belt <laughs> Avengers. All right. DNA Phil. DNA Phil, like you knew that's where it would be, so just find me. Okay, I'm good. Are you though? I'm not you really. Sure? I mean, I mean, I want to. I want to go play, but okay, okay, okay. Should we uh, get us out of here? Yeah, like. All right. Let's uh, let's let's say goodbye. Okay. Bye. Bye. And stop.